Chica, 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 pa, 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 philosophy. All right, I had to give you guys that um, sorry intro because I'm too lazy to go into GarageBand and create a real podcast intro. But here I go. As promised, it's Sunday night. I'm releasing this at midnight, as always. And it's going to be podcast numero uno. Okay? All right. So, I'm here in Adobe Edition. Thank God. And I have a quality mic. And I'm just going to start spitting what today's episode is about. So, uh, to up to today's episode is going to be about cinematography. Expressly, the start of cinematography. I was thinking about, hey, maybe I should review... We should start off by reviewing the greatest movie of all time, or the greatest video game of all time, greatest enemy of all time. But all those things wouldn't be here without videography and cinematography. And what, who, to whom do we owe these things? To whom do we owe cinematography and videography as it exists? The movie, the moving picture. Who do we owe this to? And tonight, or this morning, or in the afterworld, we're going to highlight who those men are, okay? Who those great men are. Um, so, all I, I recently like watched the movie today. I watched uh, I watched uh, episode one thousand of One Piece. Actually, 90, 98, 99 and one thousand One Piece. Pretty great. Um, I was uh, watching YouTube today as well, a little bit here and there. Um, I was on TikTok, obviously created a bunch of a bunch of videos streamed together in on the World Wide Web. You can't go most most people see maybe five, ten, twenty videos on different topics a day, commercials, etc. And where these all all come from is the movie camera. Now I was doing research on Wikipedia, so don't quote me on this. Okay, don't 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 don't. T- I don't have time to tussle with you guys, but I was doing research, and what it revealed was: first, there was a movie camera that recorded directly on film. Can you believe they used to record not on plastic but on paper? They used to literally have the film printed on paper. It was, it was, it was, they used to use these thin sheets of paper. And it would print the film on. It was that delicate to film. And the, you had to print the ink on paper. Crazy, crazy. They didn't have color. They didn't have. They didn't have color inks either. They just had black and white. And they would literally print the inks on paper. These thin pieces of paper, not film, not plastic film that you think Kodak. No, you think paper. Think paper. They used to literally get silly, silly paper and print movies on. I'll tell you. So I was doing my re- as I was doing my research on cinematography and videography, I found out what the first films are, and it's this is about pop, this shows as a, as a reminder it's pop, called pop philosophy, and this is before pop was a thing, and this is after philosophy was a thing, but we didn't have this sort of mass culture of consuming video with audio. This was the start of videography before. Um, before sound was synced to video, and those those weren't separate devices altogether. So, 
where to start? So the first, the very first film is linked back to about 1888. All right. So in 1888, we have the legend of this film. It's called, um, what, was it, what was it called? I have some notes here that I'm going to jump back onto. But the film was called, come on, what's it called? What's it? There we go. Round Hay, Round Hay, the garden scene. And it was filmed by, I believe, Louis Le Prince. Now, a lot, a lot had happened to to bring the bring film into being. There was a person by the name of Woodsworth Denisthrope, who was an Englishman in 1876, who had a sort of a, a sort of a, a basically a, a camera that was like eight frames per second, eight frames. We don't even operate on eight frames. We don't. Our vision doesn't isn't eight frames. But that camera, they finally got a camera in 1876, eight frames per second. Then they got up to ten frames and sixteen frames, and then they got up to tw like twelve frames were were like solid. Oh my god! And it was that was Woodsworth, Dennisthrope. There was Louis Le Prince. There was William Friesegreen, and it was a Britishman. And they, Mr. William Fristring, he shared his notes with Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison obviously had all the gadgets, had all the patents, had all the know-how, shared knowledge in America with the Scot Scot Scotsman by the name of William Dixon. And they created basically the gold standard in videography and cinematography. And that spawned this error, this huge film error that's been going on for damn near a hundred and let's say a hundred and thirty odd years. A hundred and thirty odd years. Not just photos, but moving pictures that would capture not just an instance, but a, but but moments in time. The 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 films of those days would be maybe. Uh, First thing was seconds long. The first film was seconds long in the garden. That that's the first what we call moving or moving picture or moving image that they call it a move moving image, but it was not a moving image, it's called a movie because it's not moving image, the images don't move. But it's multiple images displayed so quickly that it appears that the images are moving. It shows speed not the not true speed at the time but it shows speed now the what the let's talk about the the technology a little bit how they how did they do this with social media technology they shared knowledge you have a scotsman a frenchman a britishman an englishman an american all of these guys sharing knowledge correspondence by plane, well, not really plane so much as train at the time. This is this is the 19th century. My grandfather was born in in, in, in 1895. He worked worked on the rail, rail, railroad. That was the most one of the most prestigious jobs in his time. 
And though you have to understand this is entirely different culture that these men grew up in. These men were not Hollywood moguls or producers. These men were scientists. Every one of them. These men were taking pictures of the globe, the rotational orbits of the planets. They were using the cameras to capture the economics and societies. And they were taking pictures of scientific invent, like not invent, inventions that would be useful to other scientists and other cultures and other technologies like themselves. They were taking pictures of things that they deemed were necessary. They were deemed more important. And if you look at the very first films and the very first cameras held by these people who were taking film, it was a, starkly different from what we see today. Imagine, imagine if today's video cameras, today's um, film instruments were only given to the scientists. The only images and video that was shared was of a scientific or engineering nature. Imagine you'd only see uh, the the accolades and the breakthroughs of Nobel laureates, not in a dry paper, but displayed in eloquence across video and animation and across movies. What a fantastically nerdy world that would be. You wouldn't have so many, an overflow of sordid affairs and, and, and sex scenes and uh, strongman superhero movies. You'd have these normal men who have dug deep in the annals of history and science and brought forth a worthy addition that will help humanity in this long line of existence that we are daring to take part in. It's, it's really amazing that the, 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 the movie the, the movie camera as it existed in, in, in 1890s in 1895 in, 19, in the early 1900s it's sort of been the, 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 the fundamental value of it is to display not scientific inquiry, not technology, not society as it is, but fiction. But it's basically a we take pictures of fake things and we 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 laud over basically fake things. Like there are people who obviously today who take pictures of of images of, of the real lives of, of animals, the real lives of these rare peoples who live in a very um, far away place, very hard to get to. They take pictures of volcanoes and, and tsunamis and tidal waves. And this is all science, science and this is all interesting and discovery. But why are we using such fantastic culture changing devices for amusement and drama like i mean i didn't this my, this is the first show this is show number one i wanted to talk about anime i wanted to talk about like one of the, what was the the original plan was to talk about the one of the what was the greatest movie of all time first my first draft for the show was what's the first movie that was ever made 
And when I found it, I was unimpressed. It was nothing impressive. It was a few seconds and a looping video at that of people walking. Like the front of someone's house that they had a garden in front of the house, but it wasn't much of a garden. It's more like the front of somebody's house. It's some, some, maybe some uh, greenery nearby. But I wouldn't call it a garden. Not that I'm used to. I've seen fantastical gardens displayed on on the big screen, and this was, it was crap. It was not noble. It was not beautiful. It was not lauded. It was a single shot, a single point of view of people walking in a garden and it was unimpressive in every way but it showed the very first people they're the oldest people in film and they will always be the old they will always be the oldest image the the most the 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 first image that was recorded in film and preserved and it will always be going for the first picture, first moving picture that was filmed and that can be used. Some, there were some inventors who had taken multiple fo photographs of a subject, but they were never released. This is what we have, and this is what we will always have as long as we have the archives of them uh, digitally or manually. So, Let's talk about what this means for us. Let's talk about what pop philosophy has to talk about the just the origin of, of cinematography. Well, first off, like this was is really eye opening because you you go back to you don't my, my point of view is not toward two thousand twenty one. My point of view is in eighteen ninety five when <clears throat> movie cam, movie cameras were just coming on the market. No one knew where it was. It was a screen's machine. It looks kind of funny. It looked kind of like uh, uh, some type of crank. You would be cranking this thing and it would, you would crank, you would literally crank the, the film and the, 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 the blank paper would be rolled across the lens and the lens would basically stamp each frame onto the paper film. So imagine you have like a, every time the, the person cranks, turns the crank, there's a little stamp there and they stamp a, a image that's a little bit different. The, 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 the light that comes into the lens, the lens tells the machine, hey, this is, this is what the black is, this is what the white is, this is what the grays are, and I stamp the image, stamp the image, stamp the image. And they're doing that like eight times per second. And that was the movie. That was the moving picture. And they used it. The, the, the early people used it. The, like Thomas Edison. The early um, cinematographers used it. To take pictures of society. As it is. As it, as it was. Rather. And there was this beautiful scene. It was called. Trip Down Market Street. I don't know what city it was. It might not even exist in a city. It might not even exist anymore. It could be another country. But it looked like America. And you have this bustle and rustle of what looks like Model Ts, horses, bikes, animals, people, all ram-bankled, all together. 
and down Market Street. Like all the sh- none of the shops have proper parks. All these men huddled together in, in cars. Some are taxis, some are not. I can't tell. You have what looks like um, um, little subway rail cars flying over the street, but not necessarily on the rails. People dodging cars, uh, horses running loose or seemingly running loose. Um, it was fantastic. And all those people are dead and dust. All of them, every last one of them, from the person who took the image to the people in front of the camera, to the people beyond the the lens, all of them are dust. And it really was surreal, like 130 years have passed since then, and all those people are dead and buried. And it really is fantastic. It's a fantastic thing to think about. Like, what did they contribute? What did they do? What lasted? What what did they push forward? And it was it was beautiful. Sometimes you saw you saw this these boys. I saw these boys. It was it was 1895, and these two boys. One was a white boy who was riding on the back of a car, and another boy. He, a, he seemed to have a darker complexion and and dark hair. He looked African American. He was looking out of the window of the same car. And he was looking back at the person who was filming. It was amazing. I mean, like, like all these mic, these these tiny stories that didn't unfold. All of them that weren't told and weren't written about and weren't seen, but only glimpsed. It was kind of, it was like, it was salivating. It was salivating. But those stories weren't told. You know nothing about these people beyond the, the, the pallor of their face, the cut of their dress, the size of their waist, their dimensions, and the their, their three to five to eight seconds in front of the film. And that is crazy. It makes me think about this podcast and everything I'm doing now and what I'm going to be doing in the future. And whether I'm going to even have an impact on the next 130 years. Like, imagine this world's going to keep spinning for another 130 years. It's going to keep going. And it's going to be the year 2250. And I'll be long dead. Maybe I'll have to have had children. Maybe I wouldn't have. Maybe my... Maybe no one remembers me at all. Maybe maybe I'm just quiet dust somewhere in the ground. You know, it's it's so like it, it makes even though it's only a small amount of time in the universe of things, it's so chilling how little you matter and will matter in the future, in the near future, 130 years down the road. Like what will you amount to? How will you put the human condition forward? It's crazy. So what type of philosophy should you adopt knowing this information? What can we change about ourselves or improve ourselves? Should we? Should we try to be immortal through what we do? The people are named. I'm sure you don't even remember their names by now. I mentioned them once. Once more, once more than you ever heard of them. 
and you probably don't remember any of them besides the the infamous, famous Thomas Jeff Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison is probably the only one you, you remember because you already knew that name. Also, I'll speak to them again. Woodsworth Dinnenstrope, Luis Le Prince, William Fracy Green, and the 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 employer the employee of Thomas Edison, William Dixon. William Kennedy Laurie Dixon is his full name. And not to dismiss the Lemurray brothers. I don't know how to pronounce that, but that's what they're called. The Lumirae brothers. They really made movies a hit back in the day. So, what's the point of this podcast? I had, I was inspired, you know, to, to start this podcast and start talking to the microphone and start to try to make this happen. Um, inspired by one of the weird things, infatuation with a, a random person that an algorithm sent me that I thought of, that they thought I would like. And I fell for this person. Not I fell for them, but more a crush on them. Um, and... I crushed on him, and I crushed on him. Um, all my no, nothing, nothing that I, I I tried worked to get their attention, and nothing would nothing. I got no positive nor negative feedback from the person. So, what do you do in that case? Like you want to? I want to say that my infatuation's died down, but it hasn't. It's just sleeping. Like. It's just sleeping, and that's 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 the like, I don't know I don't like it. Uh, I wish I could have something more definitive to say that oh the girl said yes the girl said no we're gonna go on a date I'm gonna fly across the country to see her big romantic gesture or no she thought I was a loser none of those things happen and maybe that's the worst thing that can happen is unexamined I have a unexamined crush on the person. Public crush on the person. But by me talking about it now, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the last episode. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But this anime-loving, smooth-talking, animated, opinion-having woman really, really had a impact on me and uh, at this point I don't need that good feeling that energetic feeling that infatuated type of feeling to move me to action anymore so I'll continue the podcast it feels like hey I'm doing I'm still doing something that I want to do I'm still doing something that I have that I think is important and and researching the about film and about immortality makes me want to have a piece of what that is like i'm i'm not going to create uh the next the next video camera the next cinematography but but i have good ideas from time to time on tiktok i make comments that make videos popular i have an honest take on things i'm i have a genuine take on things that people find 
super refreshing and cuts through dimness. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take this as my 1895. This is my first real podcast that I'm making with my own effort and not high off high off the uh, infatuation or some um, puppy love that I have for a random woman on TikTok. Um, I'm going to just move move with intention that this is this is this is what the show is about. The show's about philosophy. So what what type of philosophy do we take from this? Like what do we say about the about about us that's going to live in the future? We have video cameras. Everyone has one. The internet is going to be existing for ever. You know, and it's like, what do you want to do with that? We have a, we have a time capsule that will endure beyond us. Imagine what you could do with that. You can, you, you can be a cult leader in the year three thousand. Imagine that. You, you can be a prophet today in the year twenty one. What am I talking about? The year twenty one, the year two thousand twenty one, and be a, and be a, and be a, a lauded as a scientist in the year four thousand, who was ahead of their time, and told them, warned society about a distant danger to come. You can gaze at the stars and predict a rare occurrence of. Of meteors and planetoids and gravity that can save the world in the year 5000. So, why don't you do that? Why don't you take your thing and push it into the future? Because that's what these men did. They took their love for science and electronics and film and and they put it into one machine that will capture images and preserve them. And then they, they capture more images and more images and more images per second until they had something they could use to teach and share and, and model after. So that's what this podcast is going to be. This podcast is not going to be more so teaching. I'm going to be teaching. I'll be sharing my thoughts, and those thoughts may sometimes be blah and bland and unoriginal, but one out of ten thoughts, and that's basically all you need, is one out of ten thoughts to be insightful, to have enthusiasm, to have a cutting edge to that, that's going to be useful to somebody. And I think... Looking back at the at at the at the at these first films, and I have a I have a, a list of the first films here, and they're pretty bland. I thought they would be pretty dramatic. I, I look back, I thought I thought the first film was a film about racism, film about uh, white men in blackface pretending to be a rapist, and those weren't the first films at all. Those are those are 
the first propaganda films. And we can talk about propaganda films at another time, but let's talk about the first films and how 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 do I say the for, the how foreshadowing they were. So the first film was about trains, trains. This is one of the oldest films, trains. It was Thomas Edison. It was it was the early twentieth century. And he was filming the trains of the time. And don't get it confused. Trains in the early 20th century were fantastic inventions. They transported people, goods, information, war machines. Trains were the lifeblood of our country here in the U.S. We, we won war off trains. The Civil War was won because of the railroad and lack thereof. Trains are an integral part of American society. Now don't, don't, don't get your mind in the gutter. I'm talking about trains, okay? And these were some of the first things that were filmed by Thomas Edison. And why not? Trains, like somebody should have a train flag somewhere. Because trains, trains and the, the work trains did is, is equivalent to what the modern highway does. Modern semi-tractor trailers do all over the country. That's what trains did. They brought goods and services and economies and people. And, 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 and trains are the symbol of, of the start of a new journey, of the start of a new chapter in your life. A young person going off to school, uh, a, a, a lo lover's meeting to be married soon. Trains were that thing that connected people to their futures. And now, it's, there's no trains. Nobody rides trains. No, no, not in a significant number. But just like then, trains, trains, are the, were, trains were then the circuit board of the U.S., and now that circuit board is in, is in the palm of our hands on this cell phone that we have, on the computers that we run. And these things, what do we do with them? Yeah, you can, your phone can start a, you, on a new journey. Your phone can send you to school. Your phone is where you can meet your lover. And how are we using those things? What are we doing with that fantastic power that they filmed 130 years ago? Where's your ticket taking you? Another film was about a kiss. And it was less of a kiss and more of a comedic type of performance. I don't have much to say about it, but it was, it was, it was dramatic with no sound. It was this huge, it was this bloke with a huge, huge villain mustache and is broad. I mean when I say broad, she's a woman and she was quite broad. And they were sort of not kissing but sort of like touching the corners of their lips together while talking. It was a very odd, very dramatic way of 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 touching lips. Almost comedic but not quite. Maybe humorous but not comedic. Also, there was an athlete. There was a film called The Athlete. 
But he was not like any athlete you see nowadays. He had no football, no basketball, no balls at all. He was a boy. Maybe his balls hadn't dropped yet. Not sure. But as a boy, and he hit, seemed to be holding on two bowling pins or two pen-like objects. They were thinner than pens. And he was twisting them with his fingertips. But he wasn't tossing them in the air like a juggler. Like bowling pins, juggler, juggling pins, got it. No, he wasn't throwing them. He was simply turning them left and right, up and down, around and around. And it, it looked quite tame. It's amazing the talent we have today. How much we were able to teach our descendants how to entertain us on film. How to entertain each other and how to be entertaining. Because that kid was not entertaining at all. No one to, who watched that video today would call him an athlete. But I'm sure everyone at the time knew that he had athletic prowess. They, they, they were able to share and see and be inspired by his quote-unquote athleticism. But today he would not, he would be frowned upon by how inept he was at, at entertaining us. Because he was not entertaining at all. The, not just the, in the picture quality, but in his performance. It was, it was very low energy to me. Oh, and it was this terrible picture quality that they had at the time. It was in one film called Monkey Shines. Now, it's not what you think. It was no movie about some uh, racism or a black person. It just seemed to be a white blob on the screen that was gesturing, almost in like a like pointing and posturing and sort of scratching on camera and gesturing. It was 30 seconds of straight gesturing of this blurry blob that was being recorded on some type of weak cellulose paper. And that's what the film was called. It's called Monkey Shines. And Monkey Shines, it has to be some type of lingo um, that maybe over time the meaning has been lost. Um, but it's called Monkey Shines, and basically the person was just doing gestures. And the, like I mentioned before, the garden scene is the final one of the, of the first scenes of the early 1890s that people shared and able to see again and again and again and again and again for all eternity. The, the, the garden scene, the round hay garden scene, and that was just people walking for a few moments Maybe, I would say maybe five to seven seconds of film was recorded and it stopped and it looped and it went and it stopped and it looped and it, it was literally, literally the same length of time as a seven second TikTok with none of the color, none of the audio, none of the humor, none of the dancing. But that's what it was. It was the very first scene with basically multiple people in it with a backdrop with a foreground that was recorded brilliant so i want to before i go because this is going to be about a 40 minute podcast and i'm not going to do any more than that because i'm not getting paid for this i have no sponsors sponsor me please sorry sorry about the loudness so to conclude what can we learn from the first films? 
We live in an era that video cameras exist. These people didn't know what they were doing. These people were maybe thought they were taking photographs, and they were in a, in a word taking photographs. But they entered into a whole new realm, catching somebody's gait. So to catch somebody's manner in a moment, you can't catch someone's manner in a, in a, in a photograph or a picture. But you can get on. You take a video. You can catch their personality. You can capture it. And what are we going to do that? What you have the power to do that for yourself now. Each of us do in America. What are we going to do with that fantastic power? How are we going to behave in twenty twenty one that people in hundred and thirty years from now are going to talk about? For myself, well, I'm going to try to say something that's significant. I'm going to try to live my life in a way that represents myself as a significant person. What does a significant mean? I don't know. I'm going to be as big as I can be. As big as, big as I am. Um, I'm going to record myself. Um, maybe I'll set up a website and a domain name and pay that domain for a thousand years and pay that hosting site for a thousand years to host my data on there so that even in a thousand years people are saying oh my god look at this in the way back time machine you can still see this person's podcast you can still see their videos from TikTok you can still see their drawings. You can still see their media they produced, and they still see me. Maybe that's enough for me. Maybe that. Maybe uh, maybe that's it. Like maybe maybe I'll, I'll just put an online repository online somewhere, or put it on a server somewhere that exists. What are you gonna do? I think with this brilliant power to preserve, I think we should use it to. Put our our worst thoughts and our best thoughts, so that our future selves are a bit more calm. They tempered is the word. They say, "Oh, this is how the people in the past behave. We don't want to go that far." Oh, this is how the people in the past behave for the good. That's too far. We should be more cautious. And let's try to redeem filming cool science. Let's try to redeem comedy. It's worth preserving. And your athleticism is mediocre. Sure, mine is too. But let's redeem that too. Hey, in the future, they could be leaping over buildings. They could have the powers. Our, our ancestors could have the powers of super beings that we only dream about in comic books. Every woman could be born what would be considered today a, an 8 or a 9 or a 10. And with no physical defects. New skin every 10 years. Every man as, as powerful as the Wolverine. As tough as the Hulk. 
but we can be great by today's standards if we record those standards preserve those standards so that when we, they look at us in 130 years they wonder more about us what more could we glean so maybe that's I'll leave it at that leave the future wanting more of you that's what I'll leave it at that's the 1 out of 10 brilliant thing I think I can get gather from today's talk is in 5 years 50 even when when the future glances in his rearview mirror and sees the sparkle of who you once were and what you once did leave the future wanting more of you they'll say that oh he was ahead of his time she was she was born in the wrong century make people wish they were your friend even if they live in the future be that type of person that's what i want to be that's what I, kind of person i want to be thought of as like nikolai tesla oh if only he was born today thomas says if only he was born today with today's technology and scientific breakthroughs what great scientist he would be i would love to have been his friend i would love to work beside him that's the type of person i want to be the type of person who lives in a past long forgotten but the future still values them and wishes and misses their presence okay guys um that turned out far better than i than i had planned far better than I had expected. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here with me, not in this moment, but being for being here with me in the future. When you hear this, um, that's going to happen in the future. The time right now is late night, almost uh, 10 o'clock on Sunday, November 21st, 2021. Look at that date. 1121201. And when you're listening to this in the year 11212121, think of me, please. Have a great century and good night.